This week, we continue our journey through Yellowstone National Park. Plus, we talk about why Texas campgrounds are encouraging you to book now for the winter and a whole lot more. This is the RV Miles Podcast. RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation, and you can help them support the parks by shopping their limited edition National Park Collection. Every time you purchase products from the National Park Collection, which includes totes, shirts, hats, patches, and more, you're helping to protect, restore, and improve parks throughout the U.S. Search National Park Collection at LLBean.com and be an outsider with L.L. Bean. Welcome to episode 164 of the RV Miles podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. We're coming to you this week from our final day, our final hours, in fact, at Custer State Park in the great state of South Dakota. Yeah. Uh, though we're not going far. No. We're not going far. We are essentially recreating the trip we did two years ago, except this time Custer and South Dakota weather did us a favor and we didn't have to exit Custer early. Yeah. We got <laughs> to finish the entire trip. There, uh, yeah, we had to bolt uh, early, uh, yeah. uh, a day early last time yeah. because of uh, snow. We probably could have powered through it, but it would. No, we didn't we want to have to drive in snow, so that was yeah. the thing. We were trying to get ahead of it. We were not driving this bus <laughs> out of here in the snow. Yeah. No way. Uh, we're actually one site over from the site we were at last time, and we're we've just had such a great time. We love this place so much. We did an episode on Custer State Park in the past. I'm sure we'll be recapping our experience here again but uh it's it's one of those parks one of those special places that you know it ought to be a national park but we understand why south dakota keeps it to themselves yeah. for sure <laughs> yeah because it's definitely a money maker in fact we heard the camp hosts say today that some of the campgrounds that were supposed to be closing for the season are actually reopening or extending their season because there is so much demand for camping right now. Two of them actually had closed and are, and are reopening. Uh, it's, it's amazing. The number, because when we were here at this time, two years ago, it was nowhere near this nowhere. busy. Every site was full over the weekend here. Well, it also speaks to how nice the weather has been here. The weather has been spectacular the whole time we've been here. Today, our last day in the park, we were enjoying 73, 74 degree days. But it's a story that's happening around the country. In fact, just uh, just before recording this podcast, we got a press release from the Texas Association of Campground Owners or TACO, as they are called. Uh, and what they're doing is encouraging people to book campgrounds in Texas for the fall and winter right now because uh, they're very busy. And we've been reporting recently 
on the fact that there is an uncertainty in areas like Texas and and Florida over snowbirds and, and the, you know people that go to the south and maybe stay in one spot for the whole winter and uh, you know there's questions whether the Canadian border will reopen and that's like 10% of snowbirds right mm-hmm. there but there are so many new RVers on the road so campgrounds in Texas are saying hey all these people are booking if you want to come back and you have, because there's there are people aren't booking their winter spot yet, even if they're thinking about going like in the us. winter, they're unsure about the pandemic, about where things are going to go. They're unsure about you know what changes might happen after the election, all that sort of stuff. And so they're encouraging people to to book now uh, for their monthly stays because they might end up you know giving away so many of their monthly sites to all these people that are booking weekends and one night at a time. Yeah, so we have been talking about our 2021 travels. They're not set. I think a lot of us full-timers are still sort of uncertain about where to go, when we should go, how long we should be in one destination, things of that nature, but these kinds of stories really do give me pause because I guess it's not in our DNA, but I guess we need to start planning a little bit further ahead. Well, look, you know, we've been we've been moving about some very popular areas over the last several weeks, and we've been fine in yes. terms of finding campsites. We just, you know, the thing well, for us is we can we can be serendipitous about it. We can just go to a place that has an opening. People yes. that are going on a vacation, they want to know where they're going and they want to go there. Yeah, that's that's fair. But I, I will say that for Custer, where we are right now, I booked this three months ago. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't just pick this up on a whim. And in order for us to stay the seven nights that we stayed here in Custer, we had to site hop. So we had to do four nights in one spot and three nights in another because we couldn't get seven consecutive nights in one space. So, you know, if Taco is encouraging you to book either they're encouraging us because they maybe aren't getting as many bookings as they want and so they're trying to drum up like paranoia which they've done in me <laughs> that could be or, that could be what's going on yes. i'm not 100 percent sure but <laughs> or taco is just getting really really popular right now and then maybe we need to reconsider Texas in January, as we had been thinking about. Maybe we reconsider that now. You know, we really would love to go spend some more time in New Mexico, but New Mexico uh, is still... They don't want us right now. They're still doing the 14-day quarantine. Um, They have still only opened their state parks to... Only, actually, the last few days to open their state parks to in-state residents. So we're not going to New Mexico anytime soon. So not a lot of options, you know, in the dead of the winter for real, real warmth if you want it. Yeah. Anyway, we'll you know see what? what happens. <laughs> you know what? Texas has a lot of tacos. Washboard roads. Oh, yes. Have you ever yes, been down do. a washboard road? If you've been to, are you asking? A, a decent number that. of campgrounds. <laughs> uh, you've probably been down a washboard road or two. We were at the, speaking of New Mexico. We were at a New Mexico campground that had the longest washboard road to get oh. into in and out of it was so annoying to have to leave that campground to go to the store or whatever because it was like two miles down on on a washboard road we had been singing the praises of new mexico state park campgrounds for the whole time we had been there and that was our very last campground before we rolled out and i do think they were like we've saved the worst for last 
so that you'll like us and want to come back. I'm trying even to remember the name of it. I had blocked even the name. We couldn't get cell service. It was the one on the, I can't remember the name of it, it but it was elephant. the one in Farmington on the lake there. Elephant um, no, Butte? No, that's south. No. Okay. Uh, that's, I think, Las Cruces. But it, this was up near Farmington and Aztec, okay. and I can't remember the name of All it. All I remember is what it took to get out of that <laughs> campground and down that road to get to the main road. And we had the minivan at the time. And so it was, I have to drive off onto the shoulder. Then I come back to the middle. There was a pattern you had to follow. Otherwise, it was washboards and giant potholes. We, as a matter we of fact, not going back we to that saw a fifth wheel that did not, uh, did not make the turn out of that Ooh, uh, washboard road and, and was stuck on the side of the road because its wheels had gone off the road entirely and it had bottomed out on the on the right-hand side. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> I bring up washboard roads because I always thought they were man-made. I thought they were purposefully that way. I thought there was something about, you know, the machines make the washboard pattern in there. Aren't they just washed out? I, I thought it was there in order. Uh, for some reason, that pattern kept the dirt in place. It was too I, perfect for you. I, the... Yes. Okay. But it is, if, if maybe I'm the only one that didn't, that thought that, but I have recently found out what causes washboard roads. So when a car travels on an unpaved road, a wavy pattern will ultimately develop. And it has to do with the fact that the the repetitive driving of the vehicles. It is because the vehicles themselves. It's not because of the wind or anything like that. Us? You're basically making waves in the dirt. Wait, I... Okay. I at, mean, I understand that. At first, tiny ripples form, and then they get larger as more cars pass over them. And this thing that I looked up to finally figure out how this works, they say, while washboard roads are familiar to drivers on county roads around the world, the phenomenon occurs elsewhere in science and technology. Whenever a sideways force acts on a malleable surface, ripples occur. You may have seen the same little ripple on wind or water-driven sand at the beach and on moguls that develop on ski hills. Motocross bikes and snowmobiles also cause ripples to form in dirt and snow. Trains even create washboard railways. So there you go. There you go. So the more you know. The, the more you know. <laughs> I am surprised by that. We are the ones making our lives miserable <laughs> when we're trying to boondock. All right. That sounds about right. We have a lot to get to on this week's episode. We are covering uh, the next segment of our Yellowstone journey. But before we get to that, we want to do our new weekly ask here. We're asking you this week to what, Abby? We are asking you this week to come and join us over on Instagram. We are doubling down on the Instagram. <laughs> we are over on Instagram and we are really trying to make the RV Miles Instagram page a more community focused page, meaning we're sharing what's going on with us. We're sharing campground reviews of places we have been, but we are also sharing your adventures. We are sharing what you are up to, what is important to you, what is working, and what isn't working. So if you are not following RV Miles over on Instagram, we hope that you will go over there. You can go to instagram.com slash RV Miles, or you can search RV Miles and you will find us. Also, when you do that and you are an avid Instagram poster, 
please think about using the hashtag RVMiles so that we can see what you are up to and ultimately share your photo as well with the community. So that is our ask this week. So if we wanted to do an ask point two, we could also invite you to come over and join our wandering family on Instagram. That is our personal travel page. That's where we're sharing more of our personal journey, our personal thoughts. There's a little bit more of the kids over there. It's really just about how we are journaling our adventure. We've been journaling it for about four years now over there. So if you want to follow RV Miles on Instagram, please do. If you want to go over and follow our wandering family, please do that as well. And as always, always, thank you so much for continuing to support us. These weekly asks just allow us to have one way that we can continue to interact, but make sure that everything we're doing continues to stay free for you because this is why we're doing it for you. Fall is here, so it's time to start thinking about prepping for the winter off-season. Whether you own an RV, travel trailer, or camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. EmpireCovers.com offers high-quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect. Every cover comes with free multi-year warranty to guarantee that it remains durable over time. RV Miles listeners can receive free shipping plus an extra 15% off their entire order. Visit EmpireCovers.com slash RVMiles or use promo code RVMiles at checkout. EmpireCovers.com. Protect what you love. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. I am an odd number. Take away one letter and I become even. What number am I? I picked this one out, so I already know the answer. The answer is the number seven. If you take away the S, it spells E-V-E-N, even. There were a lot of people <laughs> that got this one. See, the people like when I pick the brain teaser, uh-huh. okay? We're, this is, this is, you know, you, what, no the, what you're not two saying, trains traveling with a bee What you're buzzing. not saying here is when you did pick this brain teaser, you picked about five before it that I was like, nope, we did that one. We did that one. Nope, we did that well, one. Well, I can't we did keep track one. of four years worth of, <laughs> or three years. How long I'm have just we saying, been doing this show? We've done, been doing it long enough that you got to dig deep is what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. you. And I really dig- dug deep for the one that's coming up later on in the show. <laughs> oh, it's a good one. No. We need more musical theater. Let's just turn this into like let's just turn this into theater trivia. Let's finally find a way to marry our two loves, RV and theater. Going forward, it's all theater trivia. All right. Well, it is time to you talk just about. You blew me off. I am blowing you, you off. You just now. blew me off. We have a lot to talk about. We are talking about half of Yellowstone National Park, <laughs> yeah. which is a lot of Yellowstone National Park. Uh, Tuck in, get some popcorn. It's going to be a minute. (laughs) If you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, last week's episode, we sort of gave an overview of the park and talked about West Yellowstone, which is sort of the gateway town on the west side of the park. And we also talked about the fact that the the main access to most of Yellowstone National Park is a giant figure eight-shaped road called the Grand Loop Road. And this week, we're going to talk about the southern circle of the figure eight. Okay, so we're going to go sort of, sort of, kind of might not be quite in order, but we're going to go sort of uh, counterclockwise from from West Yellowstone, from Madison, really around uh, the the southern half of Yellowstone National Park. 
So. Okay, you definitely put this outline <laughs> together. Because I would have just been like, oh, remember this? Oh, remember that? <laughs> when you enter the park from the west side, from West West Yellowstone, it takes a, a good... 15 minutes. Yeah, 15 to, to 20 minutes to make it to the stop sign. To actually get to the stop sign on yep. the Grand Loop Road from the park entrance. And along that route, you're going to, there's a big meadow where we always saw elk that was absolutely oh, gorgeous. This herd was just hanging out and they kept doing, they kept moving almost like they wanted to just show off a little bit more of them. One big bull elk with a lot of females. <laughs> a lot of, he was a, one, one lucky fella. Yeah. Or one, or one very unlucky fella, <laughs> depending on if they're married or not. Did you want to oh. go? Oh. <laughs> I was like, did you want to go up and high five him? Or did you want to go up and just pat him on the shoulder? Some of them like... could have been mother-in-laws. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. We all know about mother-in-laws. <laughs> Let's just throw all the stereotype jokes in. Anyway, uh, you get to... To the Grand Loop Road, that is the Madison area and the Madison campground right there. Great place to stay to visit most of the park on at least the, the western half of the park. Again, the Madison campground, as with most of the Yellowstone campgrounds, you're not going to get any cell service whatsoever. Mm -mm. It is reservable, but there is also no uh, no hookups at all either. And there's no dump station there. Right. So as you take a right at Madison, at the Madison Junction, they call it, and start making your way around the Grand Loop Road towards the Old Faithful area, uh, there are two scenic drives. I think that's the that's the place I want to start talking about. There, okay. there are lots of little scenic drives in Yellowstone, little short um, maybe half mile to one mile long drive, some, some a little bit longer, little short routes that take you back to some scenic areas. And not a lot of people doing these scenic drives when we were there. And they're actually some of the prettiest places that, that we went to. Mm -hmm. So the first one I want to mention is the Firehole Canyon Drive along the Firehole River. The Firehole River runs along this side of the park. And you can get off of the Grand Loop Road and get onto this drive and go to basically a swimming hole that wasn't mm -hmm. open when we were yeah. there. There are a couple swimming holes in Yellowstone that um, that are warm because of the the warm uh, geyser water uh, that weren't open. There's no yeah, swimming no areas swimming were in. open when we were in the park. And that's because of COVID. There's nothing special about that. It's just that they are keeping all the swimming areas yeah. closed this year. But you do, along this this route, get to see a really, really beautiful waterfall. Pretty spectacular waterfall. It is, I will say, if you have little ones, that this is one of those areas where you're really going to want to be mindful of your little ones because basically it's just a fence butted up against the road that everyone is driving past yeah so there's not a whole lot of viewing area there's not a whole lot of like stop and spend a long time this is you're driving on the road there's a horseshoe pull off you pull in there people park like fools you get out you look at this waterfall and then you really do kind of have to be very mindful about crossing the road again because it's right at a bend so when a car comes around yeah. Yeah, hope they notice you. <laughs> so if you do have little ones or you you have you're with individuals who like to stray, 
then this is one of those stops where you just kind of want to be mindful. Across the Grand Loop Road, on the other side of it, there is the Firehole Lake Drive. I like this one the best of the two. If you can only do one, I would say do this one. Yeah, it was nice to have our first waterfall view be the waterfall on the Firehole Canyon Drive. That was a huge, gorgeous waterfall. But then the Firehole Lake Drive, lots of geysers, not a lot of people uh, going that way. Well, let's say... When we say not a lot of people, I feel like let's just go ahead and stick this out here for the rest of this conversation so we don't have to go back. We went into the parks late in the day. We did not show up into the parks until after sometimes three or four o'clock in the afternoon. So when we say there weren't a lot of people, most of the time, like this particular drive, we were actually doing this in the blue hour. Yeah, this was after sunset. Yeah, so the sun had already set. We still had plenty of light, though, but there was no one there. There was maybe one other car that had clearly stopped at a geyser that was scheduled to go off, like plus or minus, I think, 45 minutes. They had a bottle of wine going, and they were waiting for that. They were geyser gazing. They were (laughs) waiting for that geyser. So I think it's very important just to get that out here now. We did not go into the parks in the morning. We avoided the parks at, like, lunchtime. So a lot of our there weren't a lot of people there is because for whatever reason, everyone runs out of the park at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like they've gotten off work and they're going home. Oh, it's 5 o'clock. I got to go. So this is the beginning of several geyser basins Mm -hmm. that continue along this route. And depending on the amount of time that you have in the park, you're going to want to see more or less of them. We, of course, wanted to see as many as possible. We had lots of days in the park, so we went to every single one of them. Sort of. on, On this part. Did we? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Okay. We ended I up the last day one. we fi- I think we finished them off on that okay. last day. Okay, we checked uh, off that so last day. So you've one. got you've got the Midway Geyser Basin, you've got the Biscuit Basin, you've got the Black Sand Basin, and you've got the Old Faithful area and you've got the Firehole Lake Drive all on this sort of southwestern quadrant of the park. Yeah. And uh and they're all wonderful and you can really take your time Several of the more popular ones are just full of vehicles all the time. So I have to say one of the things we did too, because we knew we had an extended time in the park and we recognize that this is not a luxury everybody has, is often if we were coming up onto a basin we were interested in and that parking lot was just full as can be, we went past it and we were like, look, we'll try and hit this either on the way out or some other time because it's not enjoyable when it's packed. It's not enjoyable. And so I can see why so many people have had these really intense experiences in Yellowstone during really, really busy times. Because after Labor Day, those few days we went in after Labor Day, that park was so busy. And we just didn't want to go and park with like, you know, 500 of our closest friends to go look at Grand Prismatic again. Well, let's talk about Grand Prismatic Spring to start Let's, here. Okay, sure. Grand Prismatic Spring is at the Midway Geyser Basin. Yeah. And it is one of the wonders of the world. It is one of the most Gorgeous. famous spots in Yellowstone. It is, it, it sort of like, looks like a small pond that is rainbow colored in concentric rings as, as they sort of move out from the middle. And what happens is there's the, the different temperatures of the water harbor different colored bacteria. So, 
if you get off uh, the road at Midway Geyser Basin, you can take a, a walk on a boardwalk, a pretty easy walk uh, around half of Grand Prismatic Spring. It's it's beautiful and it's uh, especially when it's cold, there's steam everywhere. Yeah. And getting up close, it everything looks like a photograph. Can I tell you something? It was not my favorite. Not my favorite either. But yeah. here's why. You don't get the, the photographic yeah. view of it. Yeah, you're not going to get that iconic view when you're down there you're too at close. the level. Yeah, you're too close. Now, there is a hike you can take yeah. that will get you that iconic view. And I actually think that I would recommend that yeah. before the actual walking of the boardwalk around it. Because it's also going to continue on to a hike that we did that we absolutely loved. That was a hike to Ferry Falls. And this is sort of one of the times that we're, we really got away from people yeah. off the road, off the, the main uh, touring routes, and and took a real hike. And do you remember how long that hike was? Um, I think from start to finish, it was somewhere around two and a half miles. It was out and back. Three yeah. um, and, uh, and you go a long way through a forest. Um, so not seeing a whole lot of sights. This is one of those hikes that you end at something really amazing. Yeah, it's right? one of those hikes too that you need to make sure you're bear aware on because bears have been spotted. It's one of the very popular areas for bear. Yeah, so make sure you bring bear spray with you and that you're being bear aware and that you're doing, you know, you're being loud. And we had no issue with that because we had four kids and four adults on this hike. So we were fine. But I have to say what I really loved about this, and again, we didn't do it until late in the day. We decided to get on this trail to beat the crowds or to let the crowds go ahead of us, actually, and then get on around the dinner hour. And not only did we get such a beautiful hike, but we also got beautiful light. Like It was just spectacular. And what I ended up doing was I packed some sandwiches. I packed some snacks, things that are really easy to just fit into the backpack. And then when we got to the falls, we ate a little bit and we sat there and we chilled out and it was the perfect place to do that. It's a gorgeous hike, takes you through some areas that have been burned. There's a really, really varied landscape that you get to go through. And then you get there and you get to the falls. And of course, you know, we've had some kind of cruddy waterfall experiences prior to this one. And this just redeemed waterfall hikes. Yeah, yeah. And, and really. th this is one... You know, a lot of the Yellowstone waterfalls are, you're looking at them from above and they are dropping down into a canyon. And this is one that you're looking at from below and you're at the base of it. Mm -hmm. So you can you can go into the water and, you know, stand under it and all that sort of stuff if and you're you can set feel, up for that. <laughs> you can feel the spray coming off. And, you know, I have a few pictures uh, from this trip that we did. So I'm going to put them up over on the RV Miles Instagram once we get this out. And I'll do just like a little slide. You can see it was fun because the kids had to cross over like the creek to get to the other side to actually get over to where the waterfall was. So some of the kids were scooting across this long log that was across the creek. Some of them were finding stepping stones. So it was very adventurous, but in a really safe way as well. And then you could just get right down there, right next to the falls. And there was hardly anyone there. There were probably maybe two or three other groups 
and the, it's so big that everyone could have their own special little space and keep nice social distancing, but also just, you know, have that really quiet experience. Yeah. Or for us, have that really loud experience that's <laughs> not bothering other people because the kids were just, oh, they loved it. And these are great hikes for kids, I should say, too, because they need that payoff at the end to get them there. Yeah. And then you sit and you get rejuvenated, and then they, they do the hike back. Along the along the rest of this this route around around the southern you know loop, there, there are lots of geyser basins, as I mentioned before. So we, we can't talk about all of no. them at all. There's <laughs> We'd so be much here to for do. hours. I do want to mention um, right in this area. There's the there's the uh, biscuit basin, and then there's the black sand basin. And one thing that somebody showed us that was really neat that we uh that you're not going to really find in a guidebook so this, I think this like is something insider. we could share a little insider information yes. uh at black sand basin so there's a geyser basin on the west side of the road at black sand basin but if you cross to the east side of the road there's the there's a little trail that takes you to something called black sand pool and if you go to black sand pool and you sit down on the ground um, if you're looking at it, you want to sit around the... Just uh, sit around by the, where the fence is. You want to sit around 7 o'clock if, yeah. you're, if you're looking at it like the hands of the clock as you arrive at it. Yeah. And or no, I think probably more like 9. More like 9 o'clock. I'm sorry, yes. I, yeah, 9, nine, nine 10 o'clock even. If you go and sit on the ground right outside the fence that goes around this black sand pool, it's actually a little... It's a little geyser. It's a little it kinda, geyser. It kind of erupts very small, very often, like every 10 minutes or so. And if you sit on the ground, you hear a big thump. Well, what you sit. And you feel it. Yeah. It is. It, I, this will be with me forever because it was just one of those amazing experiences that I, I put up there really high, like an experience I had when we went to Gila. Like, I will always remember this. So we had the kids. And you sit down on the ground and you put your hands on the ground and you have to sit really, really quiet. So it's really, you know, it's another really great thing for the kids too because you're like, we're going to sit really, really quiet. And you sit and then you hear, you feel the heartbeat of the earth. You feel the earth's heartbeat. It literally goes like, I wish I could make the sound like, it's, I'm hitting the mic, like trying to get. To me, it feels it, like like there's a there's a little man underground that is turning on the nozzle. There's like he's he's <laughs> he's got a he's got a big switch that's clunking that op that lets the water yeah. out. And and it you don't know when it's coming because it, it, it happens before the eruption, right? So it's the feeling of the heart beating before it just kind of erupts, and then the the geyser bubbles and and it comes up and it's not a big you know old faithful type eruption it's just this really gentle and really beautiful sort of experience and eruption and and you're sitting there and it's it's just the coolest thing it's cool for the kids because it really kind of like allows them to connect themselves with this spectacular land and then as an adult, I mean, I'd never, I'd never felt the earth move like that before. Yeah. I mean, I felt the earth move <laughs> under my feet. All of Yellowstone is, is a crust. It's like a, a crust over, you know, a, a layer of, well, of, of this massive plumbing system and magma. and We're in a caldera. It, it's wild. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. I mean, there are 10,000 geysers 
in Yellowstone National Park. I mean, and this was just fantastic. It's a very, very short walk. I don't, I hesitate to even call it a hike. No, oh, yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like very a two minute walk. walk. It's nothing. But nobody came over no. there. That parking lot was packed. As a matter of fact, there are lots of little trails on the inside mm-hmm. of the loops that not a lot of people cross the road to yeah. do. So we're telling you this, but you can't tell anyone about it. <laughs> like, it's right. a secret. So we've got other other basins along the way around. But when you get to the southern end of the park, there is the Old Faithful area. And what you need to know about the Old Faithful area is that it is massive. Huge. You have Old Faithful, but this is also sort of the heartbeat of this part of the park. You've got uh, a gas station. You've got a repair shop, repair shop general stores, uh, three hotels, all sorts of stuff in this area. You've got restaurants. Uh, so it's busy. There is a ton of parking. A ton uh, of and you can park big rigs and yeah, everything there. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. There's plenty of RV parking because we talked about this last week, and this was something that really, really annoyed us, was that the parking lots for these basins, so Biscuit and Midway and Black Sand, they have like four or five designated big rig spots. And people, they don't pay attention. They just take them which means that those who need them don't get them. But when you get over to this parking lot in Old Faithful, there is parking for days. Man, that parking lot is huge. And it ought to be because you also have a a major visitor center there. Mm -hmm. The visitor center was closed when we were there, though everything else pretty much was open. Uh, But the main visitor center was closed. There was Rangers outside handing out Junior Ranger yeah. books and stuff. So a word really quick about the Junior Ranger booklet. It's $3. It's a great booklet, though. It's absolutely worth it. Plenty of activities that cover a wider range of the park. So you can get that even if the visitor center is closed. The Rangers are still outside. If you go during the time of COVID, they would very much appreciate it if you would give them exact change and not ask them for change. <laughs> Uh, Old Faithful goes off every hour and 10, 15 minutes or so, depending. Uh, this area has three geysers that go off semi-regularly. And all the re- geysers that are predictable, you can get information about them on the app. And you can get cell service, at least we could with Verizon, at mm-hmm. the Old Faithful area. But there's also a phone number that you can call that they have on signs. And if you have phone service, because a lot of times you might not have LTE or internet service on your phone, but you might have cell service and you can make a call. So you can call this number where they have done pre-recorded messages that tell you the upcoming geyser eruption times. And you have to go to the Old Faithful area, watch Old Faithful erupt. It's iconic. My one tip for Old Faithful though, is see which way the wind is blowing and don't be downwind of it because mm-hmm. if you're downwind of it, you'll be just, you'll miss most it's of the water within steam. It's yeah. just, you'll get tons of steam. But you have to walk around the old faithful area. They call this the upper geyser basin. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you don't just go see old faithful erupt because here you have grand geyser and castle geyser and tons of little small geysers all around a boardwalk and. Uh, they're stunning, and Castle Geyser goes off forever. 
grand geyser spurts massively yeah. and they're less predictable which isn't as exciting uh, or isn't as easy i guess yeah. as old faithful old faithful is it is easy entry you you go to the yeah. parking lot you walk in you can walk around the area for a while at some point while you're down there old faithful's going to go off and you and 500 of your closest friends will get to watch We're it from go, benches Ooh, and then everyone's going to clap every like afterwards <laughs> and someone's going to say well done old faithful yeah lots and... of lots of dumb dad jokes before yes. it starts like Oh, there it's done when there's a little spurt of yes. water. Oh, that was that's yes. it. All right. Now I have to say, now this is another tip, another suggestion that Old Faithful is great. It's it's very interesting to watch. It is not my favorite part of this particular area. That upper geyser basin walk is spectacular. If you can bring yourself to not watch Old Faithful or you've already seen it, start your walk. While everyone is waiting yeah. for Old Faithful to go off, even though not a ton of people do this walk, they yeah. a lot the ones that do start it right after Old right Faithful after, ends. Yeah, so yeah. you can get on this walk, you can get on this boardwalk, this trail, and you can virtually have it to yourself because everybody else is waiting for Old Faithful to go off. Now, here's another insider tip that we got because we had some friends who were hanging out with geyser gazers and we're getting all these tips when you get over to grand you're gonna sit down and they have these beautiful seats you can sit in and you can watch grand now if you're sitting down and you're staring at grand if you look over your right shoulder there's gonna be across the boardwalk this geyser this smaller little, little geyser one. and and the insider knowledge is that when that starts bubbling when it starts going, that means that Grand is getting close to an eruption. So if you're sitting there and you hear that finally start to go over your right shoulder, that's your clue that you're getting close to a Grand eruption. Now, what does a Grand eruption mean, though? Because what's interesting about this geyser is that it's not, it's not the predictable high up in the sky every single time like Old Faithful. But yeah. it does sometimes shoot sideways. It's different every it's time. It's crazy. And the, the predictions, you know, the, the Old Faithful prediction is like plus or minus 10 minutes. The grand prediction, I think, is like plus or minus like 45, 45 or minutes. 30. It's a so really big window. 45 minutes either way, that's an hour and a half of time mm -hmm. that it could go off in. So, you know, as long as you're in that area and you head over there, but it, it you don't know exactly when it's going to go off. So that's why you get, you know, you get that little warning. It's, that it's warning. Very, but very it's helpful. really cool to be walking this trail, to be walking this boardwalk and see Old Faithful go off in the distance. Or we walked it one time and Castle went off before we, we had just started it. And so Castle was off in the distance and Castle just kept going and going and going probably 15 to 20 minutes this geyser was erupting so it was giving us this incredible show the whole time we were on this boardwalk i mean and that to me is so thrilling i think that this is what i loved the most about yellowstone was not the places where i was told to stop and stand and stare with 500 other people or all the things i've seen in pictures all my life but it was the things that were just being themselves without a production, with it, when it was just nature being nature, when it was the opportunities that we found to kind of get away from the crowds and experience the park and let the park talk to us. 
that I I loved it. I, I loved walking back there. I think we did that walk two, maybe three times. We always did it at the end of the night too, so it was nice and quiet in the park as well. It's yeah, a spectacular and the walk. The geysers, you know, they don't have to be going off to be beautiful. You know, oh, the, no, the steam, especially when it's cooler, the steam coming off them magnificent. So Old Faithful area is an area you're probably gonna spend a, a decent amount of time in. Lots to do around there and lots of activity happening and lots of bustle. Hustle and bustle. Hustle and bustle. And can I say around, one more thing? Make sure of all the stores, you go to Hamilton's. Yeah. Go to Hamilton's. And in fact, there's an episode, I'll link to it in the show notes, rvmiles.com slash 164, that we just did for America's National Parks, where Jason took a tour of the million dollar room at Hamilton's. And so he had a guide who shared the story with us. It's awesome. My other suggestion is if you do eat there with their quick service, get the Japanese noodles because that price for those Japanese noodles is the bomb. That's at the Old Faithful Inn. Where That's the at the Japanese old, yeah. So are. sorry. That's at the Old Faithful Inn. I'm popping back up the hill. It was like nine bucks, and that that thing of noodles was huge. <laughs> I was so shocked that we were given that much food. I expected it to be like Disney World, and I have to say that while still a little bit pricey. I did feel like we got the most bang for our buck, way more than I thought we would eating there at Old Faithful Inn. Making our way further around, counterclockwise, around the the lower loop of uh, the Grand Loop Road, we finally, towards the end of our trip, got to make it over to the West Thumb Mm -hmm. area. And uh, the reason we couldn't make it over there before this is part of the road was closed because there was a fire in the park. And there are often lots of different reasons that some portions of road can be closed in the park. As a matter of fact, a big portion in the northern part of the Grand Loop Road is is closed long-term right now. Um, But Yellowstone does a really good job of keeping road conditions up to date on their website. And they've got a very clear map that shows you what's closed and what's open, what's available. but we, we finally were able to pass through this road because the the smoke had gone away and head over to the West Thumb area. And I loved West Thumb because mm-hmm. it's a very, you know, kind of small geyser basin, not much to to the the little geysers themselves. They're all, you know, beautiful in their own right. But here is the first time that you get to see, if you head this way, Yellowstone Lake. And Yellowstone Lake is huge huge and gorgeous it's gorgeous it's huge they're beautiful and there's wildlife in it and around it there's elk sitting on the shoreline and there are there are little thermal features geysers and the like that are that are sort of in the water you know coming up like little mini volcanoes on the shoreline on the edge of the water it's really really cool and uh and we didn't get to spend a whole lot of time on the Yellowstone Lake portion or even on this half of the park, on this fourth of the park. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we did get to go to West Thumb, which is highly worth it, but then continue. Uh, we, we we then finished driving all the way around the lower loop. So the, the next many miles <laughs> sort of traverse along the shoreline of of Yellowstone Lake and uh, lots of stops for wildlife. And we had a great dinner in a picnic area 
uh, yeah. a sort of along one of the rivers. Yeah, that picnic area was the Nez Perce picnic area. And I absolutely recommend it because each little spot was sort of like its own tucked away picnic area. So even though we had neighbors over in their area, we still felt like almost like we were in our own campsite. And we just had this beautiful little spot all to ourselves with a gorgeous river or creek like right behind us we felt that way about a lot of the picnic areas yeah there are lots of picnics in the park there are lots of picnic areas and they're all beautiful in their own right a yeah. lot of them are on big open meadow meadows where there's wildlife and you know so they're not just sort of a a stop to eat sometimes they're places to really visit yeah and they some of them run along the river so you get that experience with the river and we sometimes felt our most at peace in the parks when we were in the picnic areas again we opted to eat a little bit later so we would get somewhere about six o'clock, six thirty, and there would be no one there. Yeah, and this is all near the fishing bridge area of the park, which is where the major full hookup campground is, which of course, as we talked about last week, is not open right now and won't be open uh, again until next fall is what they're predicting. Ooh, but this, you know, it's like 300 some sites. So that's a lot of, a lot of the full hookup camping that wow. is available in the whole Yellowstone area is, is missing while that's been closed and under refurbishment. So the last thing that we did on this lower loop, and this was on our very last day, our very last evening in the yeah. park, beautiful evening after having that wonderful picnic dinner, we went to the mud volcano area and this was another one of my favorite places and the mud that that is stinky <laughs> well what happens Very a, a lot of the thermal features in the park actually are acidic and eat the dirt and turn this sort of dirt mix it with the water and it kind of turns into mud right. and then it bubbles and and burps and all kinds of gross Just fun <laughs> stuff it stinks and yes and that so the mud volcano area you you get a lot of that yeah the kids loved it especially <laughs> henry he really loved mud pots and this particular area this was one of the very first times we saw this in the park during the time of covid is they were directing the way traffic should go here at this mud volcano. And so when you follow that traffic pattern, you're going to come to a fork in the road and you're going to have the option to go left or the option to go right. Right is the shorter route. It doesn't go far from the parking lot. So guess which way everyone was going? Everyone was going right. We opted to go left. We climbed up in elevation a little bit. And then we just had this big open boardwalk that went back into some different geysers and a few more mud pots and very few people were on that trail and we absolutely loved it so if you find yourself there go left and then if you have time go right but go left first <laughs> so that's the lower half of yellowstone national wow. park i'm exhausted so that's a half <laughs> that's half. and then we didn't even do half of the stuff oh. on that half I want next, to go back. Next week, we're going to talk about the northern half. We're going to talk about the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. We're going to talk about Norris Geyser, the Norris Geyser Basin, the Mammoth Area, Pizza, all, all, <laughs> all kinds of uh, great stuff on the yeah. northern half of the park, even though half of the northern park is inaccessible right now what, due to road closures. But what an absolutely spectacular <sighs> place. Let's go back now. I. Just talking about it just fills my heart with so many feels and 
I am ready. I'm ready to go back. I don't like winter, and I might consider winter if I get to be in Yellowstone. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have our fresh tank, black tank segment, and the new brain teaser. Be right back. When it comes to RV travel, weather safety is a top priority, which is why the Highway Weather app provides weather forecasts for road trips along every point of your route, adjusted to your time of travel. You can compare forecasts, get recommendations for the best time to head out, get severe weather alerts, add rest stops to long trips, and more. Did I mention all of that's included free in the app? For subscribers, there's a hands-free background feature to automatically alert you to upcoming bad weather. Download the app today by visiting highwayweather.io or look for it in your iOS or Android app store. It's time to check the level of our tanks. Abby, what is in your black tank this week? My black tank goes to really unlevel campsites. As you know, if you're watching this, maybe you're like, that doesn't, why do they look like they're about to tip over? That's because I feel like we're about to perform tip over. a sea shanty here. We're... <laughs> we are in a campsite that even though we went up on two blocks, mm -hmm. we're still in level. We are still like this so much so that we think we're having some water issues with our fresh water because it, we were full when we came in. But we think because we're leaning so much, our pump is now having a hard time getting to the water because it's starting to sound like what it sounds like when there's no water. Now, this is our fault. I mean, we we, uh, yeah, we could have went up higher. We could have moved more to the center of the site and been more level. Uh, but we decided we would just deal with it. And Yeah, because by the... Well, look, 50% of it, I will. You're right. I'm a 50% black tank us on this, okay? Because this is mostly our part. Mostly our fault. But we are not far over to the side. We are almost as center as center can be in this campsite. And so we were leaving a little bit of space to actually, you know, come down and be in the grass and not be, you know, walking right out into that tree. And we still are not level. And you can't, you look at it and you can't quite tell. Now, maybe not everyone's going to have this issue with whatever kind of rig they have. We've just got this issue. But you know, I wasn't comfortable going up on three. That's not something we've ever done before. We've also never had something be this bad. And so by the time we realized how bad it was, you had unhooked. I mean, we were in it to win it. And I mean, to have to hook everything back up. But it's a very deceptive sight. It looks very level. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wow, we are, we're like about to go over. Yeah. So... Unlevel sites are just getting my black tank this week because I'm living in a very unlevel site right now. What's in your fresh tank? My fresh tank is bacon. That's all I got to say. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Bacon. Bacon. We had bacon this morning and it we was did. good. We did. And I'm currently... Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's like a passage from the Bible. We had bacon this morning. <laughs> And it was good. And it was good. <laughs> we are, I am currently experimenting and, and trying to figure out some health things. And one of those is eliminating gluten from my diet. And so today. <laughs> There's not I, an ounce of gluten in bacon. So. so today when I had that bacon and I put it, you know, with that gluten free bread. All right, Jay, what is your black tank this week? Uh, my black tank is. Uh, park in California, a Jellystone Park in, I believe it's Lodi, California. And I, 
I hesitate to even say their name because I, I don't totally, you know, blame them for this. But, well, uh, I might disagree with you on that, but please continue. We were, we were alerted to this by a, a listener who sent in a, a letter that they gave out to their monthly residents. And even though it's a Jellystone campground, you know, resort type, lots of fun for families and all that. And we love Jellystones. We've been to several of them. But um, this one has lots of monthly renters in it as well. Most of them don't, but this one does have a big sort of area for monthly renters. And the the woman that was having that got this letter was paying. They, she said she was paying eight hundred and fifty dollars a month plus electricity. Now, if you go to Jellystone's website, it says they charge right now twelve hundred dollars a month plus electricity. Still, twelve hundred dollars a month plus electricity for a busy resort in. Uh, a busier area of California. It's not surprising. Not surprising. Not surprising. Uh, but the letter says that they're raising the rent next year. They're raising it to $1,300 a month for the off season. But in the busy season, it's going up well over $3,000 a month. $3,000 a month. Can we go back to when you just said, I don't blame the campground for this? Well, Do look. you think the campers are the ones that are like, listen, <laughs> during the summer, we think you should increase this by over double. I think, you know, what, what is happening here, obviously, is that the campground makes more money during those months off of nightly reservations, right? So they they want those nightlies instead of the monthlies, which don't pay as well. And if you're so if you're gonna do the monthly, they want you to pay a lot. What what's could bite them in the butt over this is, you know, the fact that people aren't going to stay in this park year round now. Mm -hmm. This is going to cause them to leave. Can I say this? This is what's happening because of COVID, because how popular camping is right now. Well but yeah. Don't bite the hand that is feeding you yeah, because for the longest time, they're not a monthly just because they wanted to be a monthly. I guarantee you those monthly rentals have kept them afloat for a very long time. And you start biting the hand that's feeding you. You start biting the hand of your monthly tenants. And when all this COVID is done and people stop camping all the time and kids are back in school and there's not the demand and Taco isn't sending out press releases... You're going to wish you had those monthlies back. Yeah, because those people are going to move on. They're not going yep. to like leave for this. They're not going to pay that. They're not going to leave for the summer and or whenever the busy season is in this park and then come back. Now, you get greedy and it will bite you. The reason later on. I don't blame the campground is they have every right to do this. It's their of park course and, all, they and all do. that. But I think the, the bigger thing here is we're going to see more of this. Yep. Um, the lack of campground availability, and it's not that you can't, so I don't want to discourage anybody who's interested in getting into RVing camping life. You can camp. There's plenty of places available, but the landscape is changing. So there are more people with RVs now. There are going to be more next year. And despite all the people that say all these people are going to be bored of it next year and selling their RVs off, I don't think that's true at all. But regardless, they're going to be a shortage of campsites, uh, at least compared to what we have now. And monthly, giving those big discounts for monthly rates is not going to pay off as much for campgrounds going forward. And I think we're going to see a lot of campgrounds raising their monthly rates precisely for this reason. 
There is going to be a supply and demand, but you have to be really, really careful about how big you inflate your yeah, balloon. Don't, because don't triple it, it okay? Right. Yeah, <laughs> because it is going to pop. And I'm going to continue to go back to this point that at some time in the next year or so, Kids are going back to school. You are not going to get the influx during the shoulder seasons that you're seeing right now. So if you get greedy as a campground and you think, I'm going to make bank, well, you better put some of that bank into savings because it's not going to be there. This is not a long-term solution for this country. Now, the flip side is, like, it's got me thinking about I want to invest in a campground. You talking to me about that today about <laughs> buying a campground? I saw what we saw. I found one in, in near in the hill country of Texas, which is a beautiful area. Gorgeous. Really good deal for a really nice campground. Just need some investors. Anybody want to go in oh, on it with me? Goodness gracious! Real good deal. We're mo- what? Let's move on. What? <laughs> we got to move on from this. What is in your fresh tank this week? My fresh tank this week is the interior on this Forest River Riverstone that I just looked at. That is just. It's gorgeous. Oh my goodness! It's beautiful. It's white inside, and it has giant walk-in closet with a washer and dryer inside it. Well, no, the washer and dryer was in the bathroom. It's it's like a well, it, yes, yes, yes. And then remember? Yeah. It, oh man, it's it's just. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what an what an idea! Like finally, like I'd rather have the washer and dryer in the bathroom area, which was nice and big, than in my closet. It's just, it's it's massive and it's yeah. beautiful at every turn. And it got me thinking like, <laughs> you know, it's what you can get family. when you don't have kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. amount of space and the amount of stuff uh, that you can cram into one of these RVs when you don't have kids. But, but the flip side to that is I need all of that space now (laughs) (laughs) like everything about that except for the fact that i have nowhere for three kids to sleep is perfect for a full-time family on the road it's gorgeous we'll link to it in the show yeah if you want to take a look at the the four actually actually that shared on tiktok forest river is Uh, forest river is really big they're they're, they are doing a lot on tiktok (laughs) i mean this video on tiktok of this riverstone has 4,100 views. Yeah, it'll be... Um, <laughs> no, that's just 4,100 I'm sorry, likes. it has 4,100 4, likes. It's been shared 442 times. Uh, Jason keeps being like, we got to get in this TikTok game. <laughs> and he's got all these ideas for... He wants to TikTok. Jason wants to TikTok. And I'm like, I'm just over here trying to get the Instagram. I can't well, even think about the ticking and the talking. Joe, but... Joe Red at Forest River has me wanting to TikTok. So he does. <laughs> Stop it, Joe. Successful. Stop it. Stop with the TikToking. <laughs> Otherwise, RV Miles is going to be on TikTok. <laughs> so that's my fresh tank. Let's wrap this up with a brain Ooh, teaser. I'm How about? exhausted. <laughs> All right. This brain teaser, this is a good one. I like this one. This is RV themed. I I, I, <laughs> I, right. I sort of, I, I made it RV themed. I, I altered it a little bit. So we'll see. Dr. Rob was staying with cousin Ralph oh in Ralph's God. RV oh in a beautiful wooded lakeside campground in a national park. The two had come together for a camping trip to set up Ralph's will. As Rob was, well, as Rob was, well, I'm going to say Ralph's over and over <laughs> again. Ralph's. As Rob was Ralph's closest living relative, 
much of Ralph's estate was being left to him. The RV. One day, Ralph went to Dr. Rob very disturbed. Doctor, he began, I have just found out that an assassin wants to get me. He will be here very soon. Where will I go? Where can I hide? If he finds me here, he will surely kill me. I do not have time to leave this campground and go further into the woods. Dr. Rob thought for a minute and then grabbed a five-foot-long bamboo pole with a diameter the size of a quarter. Ralph, follow me out to the lake. The lake is four feet deep. If you lie on the bottom of the lake and breathe through this pole, the assassin will never find you. I will swim down to get you when he is gone. Ralph consented and lay down at the bottom of the lake with the bamboo pole in his mouth. A few hours later, a ranger passed by. He found Ralph's body dead. Dr. Rob told the police of the circumstance and that Ralph had probably panicked and died. Police arrested Dr. Rob on the charges of murdering Ralph. Why? And I have to say the bamboo, the bamboo pole didn't have any cracks or holes. Its opening was above the water the whole time. So he could suck in and out and, you know, get air from the surface. Okay. First off, I'm never going to Dr. Rob. He's like the worst doctor. He's a terrible doctor. And a terrible cousin. Terrible doctor. (laughs) Terrible family member. Okay. Dr. Rob is like the worst. I can only assume Dr. Rob is the assassin. Well, he was arrested, but let's find out why. I know, but that just seems too easy. (laughs) We'll have the answer to that and a whole lot more. On next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, we will. And if you made it through this epic Yellowstone episode, thank you so much for sticking around. We would like to invite you to find RV Miles all across social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're all there. Just search RV Miles. Eventually, we might be TikToking. If you <laughs> want to connect with Jason and I, the best way to do that is in the RV Miles Facebook group. It's a great great intimate group of people who love to chat about the RV lifestyle. Of course, we are at editor at rvmiles.com. So if you have any questions or suggestions about the show, please find us there and please go over to Apple podcast, leave a five-star review for the show. We super appreciate it until next week. Stay well, stay healthy, wear your mask and keep logging those RV miles. Bye everybody.